Well, hi, everybody. I'm Larry Jacobs. This is Pre-K-12 Education Talk Radio. It is August 23rd, 2023. A lot of 23s in there. Welcome to today's show with my good friend who runs the Driving Force Institute, uh, uh, which is linked up here on site. That's Patrick Rickards. And Pat is going to talk about his new book, which he edited, which is called Why History Matters. And it's the voices of social studies teachers, history teachers, and educators, why it matters. And I, I put here the voices of social study teachers in these bizarre times. And I think they are where there's so much politicalization of uh, the educational process in pre-K-12. And uh, we're going to talk to Pat. And, you know, uh, I, I just want to say this is kind of the week, the last two weeks, when the West Virginia University got rid of a lot of liberal arts programs. You all read about that. And it just goes to show you, all right? But if we don't know where we've been, we don't know where we're going, okay? That's my attitude towards history. And uh, if we don't learn about the mistakes of the past, as someone else once said more brilliantly than me, we simply repeat them, all right? So to me, this is a very important undertaking by Pat Rickards, who's just a great guy. You can learn more over at drivingforceinstitute.org and uh I'm just going to tell you, we are, we are the American Consortium for Equity in Education. A little tongue-tied today. We are the American Consortium for Equity in Education here at Education Talk Radio. And everything we do is at ace-ed.org, and that includes our Excellence in Equity Awards, our magazine, Equity and Access, as well as all the podcasts. Everything's over there. Everything's free for educators at ace-ed.org. And by the way, if you want to get in touch with me, it's Larry at ace-ed.org. For any reason whatsoever, I'm here. All right. Now we got Pat on the line. Pat, I'm a little tongue-tied today. Help me out. Good morning, Larry. hope you're having a good Wednesday. <laughs> I'm trying to. You're going to make it a great one in about 10 <laughs> seconds here. <laughs> Just one of those mornings, you know. But uh, I'm so I'm impressed. Say, Larry, with what you... Yes. You mentioned what's going on at West Virginia University, but I think yeah. this is something that's, that's been happening for a while. I remember it was, I think, four or five years ago, you had you know, an institution, University of Wisconsin, which everybody knows, a you know, great liberal arts institution, oh, yeah. a public ivy, fairly, you know, I think, liberal in their approach, I would say, at least oh, historically, yeah. if you look at the 1960s. And Wisconsin was, was deciding to eliminate American history as a major. Um, they didn't see the interest or the point at that point. Whatever happened with that, do you know? They did. I, they, they did eliminate it as far as I know. I think they I are mean, wow. still offering the courses. And you, know, you see this at a lot of universities when uh, they, they realize that there are not a lot of individuals who want to major in something. And so, you know, you're seeing across the country, obviously, colleges are looking to cut costs and one of the easiest ways to do that is when you have high-priced, tenured professors who largely are working with majors or graduate students. If you, you don't offer the degrees, all you need are junior professors who can offer survey courses. Um, yeah. And yeah, I know that you know Wisconsin is looking at moving in things like American Studies and other pieces. But to, to think of a, a public flagship like the University of Wisconsin, even considering that it's time to eliminate American history as a major just becomes so disturbing. And what what else is disturbing? I mean, in West Virginia University, uh, uh, this is this past couple of weeks, but also, I mean, just in general in public schools. Okay, that's who you're, we're going to talk about your book in detail here. But in public schools, it, it's you know people they're trying to, and you all saw this with this Prager University thing. I know you're on top of that. 
down in, mm-hmm. uh, in Florida, okay, which is nothing more. By their own admission, I might add, by Prager's own admission, it's Dennis Prager, okay, it, it's an indoctrination into, into, into a conservative view of a very conservative, in my opinion, in, in this case only. I like conservative views, but in this case only, uh, absolutely false look at American history. That's what they approved down in Florida, okay, uh, for social studies. All right, it's, yep. it's absolutely uncertain. You know, Prager University, and no offense to our former president, and I mean that because he was a businessman, okay, and you can name something what you want, but he had Trump, quote, university, okay? It was a university like I'm a university. I always kid around the University of Larry. <laughs> Okay, you know, that's the same university as Trump, but it's the same university as Prager. Okay, but I'm kidding. Okay, and this is no joke what's going on in Florida. Okay, and I'm sure you read all the articles about it, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, the the, the, teaching it correctly matters. Okay, we can interpret history as you well know. Okay, we can interpret history any way we want, but you've got to know the facts to interpret it. Okay, and then you can look at it from a conservative point of view, from a liberal point of view, or or somewhere in between. Okay, but we got to. We this is just ridiculous. What's going on? I'm ranting and raving and not letting you talk, Pat. Tell, <laughs> I, I, you got my now. Now it's not. What is it? Nine oh six in the morning. You got my uh, agenda all up here, Pat, because you know an old social studies teacher. All right, talk to me, Pat. The story behind why your why your book, why history matters. Talk sure, sure. What, I'll, I'll always have to. Go for it, man. It's actually, it's actually a, a funny path. I mean, a few years ago, as we were launching the Driving Force Institute, uh, you know, somebody had suggested, you know, it would be valuable to talk to some of the leading historians um, and get their sense of, you know, why history matters and asking them questions. Yeah. What, what do they tell people in terms of why They've spent their entire lives uh, consuming American history, researching American history, writing about American history. And so we, we, we asked a number of, of great professors um, who really were very open in discussing this issue. We have a, a, a blog that we had launched on our website where we shared some of their answers. Uh, you know, you're talking Gary, Gary Gallagher at UVA, for instance, my alma mater, giving some great answers. Um, James McGregor Burns doing an interview with us and those sorts of things. And as you're talking, you know, it, it, you're absolutely right in that as we're asking these faculty members, uh, you know, we're asking them what it's like on a college campus, it just becomes very clear that if you haven't explained why history matters before a student sets foot on a college campus, you've lost them already. And, you know, wow. we knew from our own research, we had surveyed high school students across the country. Uh, and they found that American history was the second most boring subject they were learning in high school. The only thing that was worse was art. Uh, and when you ask them why, they would say because history is boring and history is irrelevant. Uh, and as the son of an historian, you know, I, I, I never thought I either was true. Uh, and so, you know, and, and that, that's why we do what we do. But it led us to, to really wondering, you know, we, with so many high school students that think this way, and, you know, we all know just about every state in the country requires a survey course in American history in high school in order to graduate. Right. My son just took his – he had to take a state test on American history at the end of his junior year last year. Uh, so we know this is a requirement. We know that people are teaching it. We know that the teachers who are teaching it 
are well prepared. We know that they are that they've studied this. We know that they're good teachers. We we've, we've dispelled this notion that we used to have that oh you know the reason why social studies doesn't matter is that's just where they stick the coaches to teach. You don't know how to teach. That's not true at all. <laughs> no. One of those great urban legends that we love to latch on to. So we decided you know let's go right to the teachers themselves and let's ask teachers. Uh, why history matters, uh, and, and have them tell the stories about their own experiences, what they do in the classroom in order to make this come alive. Uh, and so in reaching out to these teachers, we started hearing some great stories. And we decided that this really would benefit from collecting and sharing these stories. How could we get these tales of success in the classroom? How could we help these teachers who have had to you know, overcome a lot of these issues, being told what they can and can't teach, being scrutinized for how they're yeah. teaching it, you know, being attacked for you know, teaching things that <clears throat> in just about every public high school in the United States don't exist, uh, like CRT. Yeah. Uh, all of these <laughs> issues. You know, so we asked the <laughs> teachers to share with us. And, uh, and, and I put out a national call and said, you know, I, I wanted to hear teachers' stories. Uh, and I would, you know, if, if they gave us a short essay, we were looking for about a thousand words, a short essay on why history matters, what they do to make history come alive in their classroom. If we had selected it for a book, um, we would pay them $500, not much. Uh, you know, it's, it's, I, know, I know for today's teachers, that's a little bit helps. I wish you know, we could give a whole lot more, but we offered $500 for each essay. And, you know, we're, we're so fortunate to hear from teachers across the country, to hear from yep. award-winning teachers, you know, social, state social studies teachers of the year, Gilder Lehrman Institute fellow teachers, those yep. sorts of things, who have just committed their lives to making history come alive. And, you know, we're not talking about teachers who are, you know, dressing up every day in, in period outfits. We're not necessarily talking <laughs> about teachers who feel the need every week to jump on top of their desk uh, and start the charge of the light brigade. But really hearing from teachers in, in tough classrooms who are having to make these connections. And, you know, the stories were powerful. And I think what, what becomes so beneficial is we never heard the same story twice. Um, you know, we really, you know, hearing from teachers and, and making sure that we had, uh, you know, good diversity in terms of gender, in terms of racial balance, in terms of geography, uh, in terms of some of the, the subjects that they were teaching, and just put together these stories, uh, and we've got, you know, the book, the book comes out next week, uh, and put together these stories in such a way that for any teacher that is ready to just beat their head against the wall, like, what am I going to do? How do I connect this? Um, this is meant to serve as inspiration. This is meant to serve as, you know, hope that, you know, teachers can see they are not alone in some of the struggles they face in teaching history and teaching social studies today. And that, uh, you know, there are other teachers who have been on the same road who have figured out ways to persevere and, and they can they can benefit from each other at this point. Yeah. And, you know, the thing is, we we and I, I want to make sure about this book. The book will be out next week and I'm sure it will be on Amazon by then. Right. Am I correct? Today is the 23rd yeah. of August. Yeah. OK. And, and please go over to Why History Matters. American History Educators Speak Out. But I want to make a, an important point here. I don't want this book, neither do you, Pat, to be preaching to the choir yeah sure american yep. history teachers etc should read the book obviously they're going to get some great ideas some great thoughts some great morale boosting etc etc but the important thing is that other people read it so that they understand the school board members etc they understand why this is important 
And it's more important now than ever. Not ever, but pretty darn close to ever. Okay, we're under a lot of attacks these days. Yeah, you could not be more correct, Larry. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Part of this, part of the inspiration behind this also is I I remember doing a a roundtable discussion with educators after the siege of January 6th. And most around the table were telling me at this point they can't teach this. It is too radioactive. You cannot go into the classroom and teach what just happened. And I I always tell this story. I I wish that my own children were more interested in history. They're not. Uh, But on January 6th, you know, our family was in complete lockdown uh, still due to COVID. Uh, And I remember Ah. my daughter coming into my my office later that (laughs) afternoon asking me, what what just happened in D.C.? Mm -hmm. And I was sort of looking at her like, "What, what, what did you hear? And she was getting her news from TikTok. She was mm. getting, you know, teens and, you know, and millennials and stuff who were, who were commenting on all of this. And so I'm having this discussion with these teachers. and They're talking about how this is just too controversial. If they, if they decide to teach what just happened on January 6th, they're either going to hear from the administration or they're going to hear from concerned parents or they're going to hear from both. And, you know, at the time, I was thinking, how can we not teach this? I mean, this, this is, you're talking about living American history. This is something that's going to be in the history books for generations. That's right. And, you know, talking about, you know, but, yes, maybe, maybe it's still too early to talk about what just happened yesterday because we don't have all the facts. Even today, despite the indictments, we still don't have all the facts. Right. Um, but what you can do is you can talk about the British burning the U.S. Capitol during the War of 1812. Uh, you can talk about... Puerto Rican terrorists storming That's right, the US or whenever. Yeah. 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 You can talk about history and how this is not the first time that our buildings, our US Capitol has been under siege. Um, and I think that, you know, that's one of those things you need te- teachers need to understand how to do this. But parents yeah. also need to see this and need to understand, you know, we've, we've got this really bad situation here where we've got far too many parents, and I say this as a parent of two high schoolers, I say this as an individual who was scheduled to give a speech uh, that was ultimately canceled by Moms for Liberty because it was seen as too offensive because I was talking about uh, violent far-right extremism. Uh, And we sometimes can't distinguish between, uh, you know, those who wear red baseball caps and those who wear white hoods when we're talking about extremism. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, and so it's, it's all very real for me. Um, but for the well, it is parents, unfortunately, it is, unfortunately, it is real. And were you going to speak yeah. at that uh, Moms for Liberty? They had that thing in Philadelphia. Was that where you were going to speak? <laughs> yes. No, no, no. This was somewhere else. I was, I was actually invited by a public library to come speak uh, on the notion of compassion and second chances. Um, but uh, well, it's you know, we have this fear. I think you see it stoked by parents across the country. We see some of the things that have happened in school board meetings across the nation. Is that we we've blurred the lines now between education and indoctrination, and you know we don't understand that you know for those you know the, the ten the tens the hundreds of thousands of teachers out there who are teaching American history each and every day. Uh, they're not looking to indoctrinate anybody. This, this is That's not teaching so civic true. activism. Yeah. Um, they are yeah. looking to provide individuals with enough knowledge so that they can be critical thinkers, 
so that when they are told something, the first thing they can ask is why, or they can try to push back and refute it. That's what we should want in all of our kids. And I think that's that sort of passion that you find in the pages of this book. Well, exactly. And, you know, it's funny you should say that your book's called Why History Matters. And I think the first thing every uh, history teacher should talk about is uh, that history matters. And I think that kids then have to answer, why does history matter, Mr. Johnson, Ms. Smith, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Okay. And this is the kind of thing. And I got to ask you this. You know, the book is a compendium, if I may, of, of American history teachers speaking out. All right. And Pat, you've been in this business for a while. Uh, how many how many educators did you uh, the interviews did you get with all this? How many essays? So in, in the final book, we have more than 25 essays. We have more than 25 essays. And they're from all over the country. All right. Yep. And and I'm, I'm sure they're pretty balanced. And I and I and I want to ask you, you know, what will, just real quick, what was your favorite when you really thought about it? What was your favorite <laughs> one? Did one stand out? That this is not an insult to the other 24. This is just it's something not, must no. really, yeah. It, it's one of those fabulous things. You know, when you look at this, you really start exploring it. You know, you see it's the different pieces that teachers have pulled together. Uh, you know, it's the teachers that, you know, there, there, there's one essay from a teacher in Georgia who, uh, you know, was able to really turn her classroom into a place for, for active education. Uh, where it was more than just listening to a lecture. She had her students out community involved. Uh, you know, you have, you know, those teachers that will tell the stories about how they helped demonstrate that the, that the history they were teaching was relevant. You know, you have, and, we, you know, we heard this in, in Georgia. We heard this in Oklahoma. We heard this in New Jersey. Uh, you know, you had teachers who recognized that for their, te- for their students, uh, History needs to be about more than the dead white male landowners that you often have yeah, in the history. Exactly, exactly. Um, you know, it's, it's those yeah. sorts of stories, you know, where they're really able to connect uh, and are able to. You know, and I think it, it, it's why I do the work that I do. Are able to bring resources other than a basal textbook into the classroom. You know, you and I have talked uh, about the work that we've done in Kentucky and bringing those, you know, those Kentucky yeah. teachers in and really helping them get the resources they need to make Kentucky history come alive. Uh, you know, that work that we do is successful because we heard directly from the teachers. We heard not only about how they need to present information, but what are those stories that they want to teach? Uh, and mm-hmm. I think that's what becomes so important with, with these stories that we're talking about. You know, you're not, when you talk about why history matters, you don't see any of the teachers in our book you know, talking about why it's so important to teach that George Washington was our founding father or why it's so important to teach that Franklin Roosevelt served as president longer than anybody else. It's not the fact that, you know, you're, you're going to try to impress somebody at a trivia night with. Um, it is really, you know, for these teachers, it's bringing in those pieces. What, what, is, what is it about history that makes it come alive? And I think, you know, we know this from any corner of our lives. It doesn't matter if you're teaching history, if you're teaching physics, if you're teaching about the dinosaurs, or, you know, you're, you're, you're teaching how to apply makeup on TikTok. If you have a passion, and if you're allowed to channel that passion, it comes across, it becomes contagious. And I think what we see from all of these teachers in chapter after chapter, essay after essay, is this is about how they move the teaching of American history beyond the basic standards mm. that their states offered. 
You know, nobody's talking about taking the standards, throwing them out the window, and doing what they think is best. But they all recognize, and I think this becomes important for teachers, no matter what the subject matter is, no matter what the grade they teach, is recognizing that the standards that the state puts before us, those are meant to be floors. Those are not meant to be ceilings. Those are not meant, those are not designed to prevent us from teaching beyond the standards. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think that's what you see from each and every one of these writers. You see these educators talking about how valuable it is to go beyond the basics and really connect with their learners in a way that only, only good history education can do. Would you say that the book is more about teaching tech, I don't want to say this, teaching technique in these days, okay? Is it more about that or is it more about the philosophical reason for teaching history these days? Okay, and I hope I asked that question in a proper, in a proper manner. Yeah, okay, thank you. Yeah, I wasn't trying to phrase that properly. But no, a lot no, of that, no, a lot no. of what you're talking about is technique, and I love that. Believe me, I love that, because the more we can engage students of every race, every color, every gender, every religion, et cetera, et cetera, the, the more enjoyable this is going to be, the more important it is, is, is to them. But just as American citizens, it matters. But those are techniques. But what about the philosophy? Where, where would you put the book, in philosophy or technique? Sure. Yeah, uh, I think I mean, it, it, you're absolutely right. I think it's a, and it's a great question. And no, this, we're, Thanks, we're not buddy. teaching pedagogy in this book. I'll tell you that. It's I, I know, I know. I had a of, feeling you weren't. Yeah. yeah, it's that combination of philosophy and technique. Um, I think you see that. You know, we, we've got you know different philosophies and different ideologies that, that are at play here. You can see that in yeah. the teachers. This is you know, this, this is not a book of, you know, collection of stories from teachers who have all decided to buck what they see as, you know, these, these <laughs> new standards. That's, that's not it. Um, you see some that are figuring out you know, how, how, do we, how do we enhance what we're teaching so that our students learn there's more to it. So you're incorporating that sort of philosophy. But you're also seeing the technique, and I think that becomes so useful when, you know, it's, Again, I think we live in an era where teachers sometimes are afraid to stray beyond what's been prescribed by their district or by their state. Uh, and this book, you know, really tells very oh, yeah. personal stories about the classroom, uh, yeah. you know, about what works. You know, I, I always love, you know, my, my mother was a high school English teacher for decades uh, and, you know, used to teach some of the, the toughest 10th graders she taught, you know, American literature. <laughs> And, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those, and, and I think anybody who's been in a high school knows that if there's anything that's fairly prescribed, it becomes 10th grade American literature. That's for sure. And, you know, she, <laughs> she, and she, she, excelled, you know, she used to work, a, a lot of her students were basic students, uh, back when we used to track students that way. Uh, she was not somebody who was teaching the honors classes because she really wanted to work with the students that needed her the most. And, you know, I remember, you know, it was always that funny thing, is this is, uh, you know, she would teach her, her students the raven, uh, which, and, and we have a, a wonderful video about the raven's author that's part of, uh, that's part of our own collection. Mr. Poe. But she's yeah. teaching the raven. And, you know, one of the things that to her was always important was that once they got through it, once the students had read it, once the students had discussed it, uh, she would then, as part of the closing class before they moved on to the last unit, she would show one of the segments from the TV show, The Simpsons, where they recreate the Ravens. Uh, and, you know, my mother is a hardcore, old school, tough teacher. 
you know, I, I remember you know, she, she's a five-foot woman, and I, I remember you know, I used to see her in the hallways, and she'd be sitting there wagging her finger uh, in the face of a, a six-foot-five linebacker because he wasn't getting his work done. She was old school. Yep. Yep. But she would let them see <laughs> they, And kids I used love to that. joke, I'm like, yeah, I mean, you, you barely wanted me to watch The Simpsons at home. Here you are showing it in class. And for her, it was, you know, she needed them to see there were other interpretations. And she needed yeah. them to see that there was a way to connect what she had just taught them with, you know, at this, at this point, this was 1990, 1991. The Simpsons were the most popular show for, for kids yep, that age. I well remember. Um, this yep. was a way for her to connect it, for them to see that this was not just some boring poem written by some weird dude in Baltimore 20, you know, 200 years ago. This was, this was something that could really come to life and they could find that interest. Uh, and I think you see a lot of that. I see a lot of those lessons I learned from my own mother uh, in some of these stories as teachers really, really work. And how do, how do they bring the community into these classrooms? How do they move beyond the basics uh, so that students yeah, see there's value in what they're learning? Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it, History matters, and history matters on a, on a large basis. But it all—you got to see the forest from the trees, so to speak. And sometimes you got to see the trees from the forest because the trees make up the forest. I'm trying to get this an analogy mm-hmm. correct in my head, okay? And the point is, whoever you're teaching, okay, you got to bring the history alive to them, okay? That's what makes it interesting to kids because their ancestors were somewhere when all this was happening. And had somebody made a left turn, not a right, they wouldn't even be there. Yeah. Okay? It's that simple. And this, 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 where we have been matters to where we are and where we are yeah. going. Okay? It's that simple. All right? And we've got to find ways to engage kids and make sure that teachers understand philosophically, as you would use that word a little while ago, why, why we need to understand why the history we teach matters. Yeah. All right, it's just it's just so darn important, Pat. We got to go. I'll tell you, buddy, that you're going to do good with this book. Let's push it. Can you send me? Um, a, do you have a copy of it? You can ever send me when it comes out. I will send you absolutely. I'll, I'll get you get a copy do. out to you now. Yeah, I, I really appreciate that. Good luck with it. And um, we're going to do another show. I just saw it on the calendar. I think in about like September 20th or something. And I want to hear how the book's doing. Okay. Good. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, okay. sir. Why History Matters, American History Educators Speak Out. That's the author, Pat Rickards. Thank you, Pat. Oh, Pat left. (laughs) That's great, my buddy. Pat Rickards from the Driving Force Institute. It's all linked up here. And uh, next week, the book will be up on Amazon. All right? And please, this is, as I said, it's not just preach to the choir. It's educators, why history matters. We've got to understand it. All right, we're going to archive the show over at ace-ed.org. And we got another show coming up, okay, about how they're working with homeless children down in Texas, okay, and uh, education, et cetera. My name is Larry Jacobs. This is Free K-12 Education Talk Radio. Thanks so much for listening today.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.